Welcome to Diamonds in the Rough Draft, a heartfelt dig through discarded drafts from our past. I'm your co-host, Eric Anderson. And I'm Emily Anderson. On draft this week is Atalanta, Tart Plum Saison by Orpheus Brewing. While we drink our way through, we will be working through Eric's rough draft of Tempest. But first, Emily, what are you thinking about right now? I can't stop thinking about this can. <laughs> yeah, the can is very... It's confusing, You guys. need to tell me more about this brewery and this this beer, too. I yeah. feel like we skipped something. Yeah, I think we did. But that's fine. We're going it's right fine. into it because yeah. both of us can't stop thinking about this can. So. I think this has to be a dog. Why? Because there's nothing about Atalanta with, like, a bear hunt. I'm saying it's a bear. All right, this can is designed with... Also, look at the nose. It's like such a It's a, a bear dog nose. nose. It's... It's... Definitely a bear. No, um, have you ever seen a dog, dog snarl look, like look that? Look at the ears. Yeah, those are bear ears. No, they're too big to be bear ears. <laughs> bear ears are not small. And it's got a cute little tongue. It's just, it's a dog. It's a dog. You use dogs for hunting. Maybe know. she hunts bears as well. She doesn't. She's famous for the Caledonian well, boar hunt. Well, tell us what Atalanta is and okay, why so we're talking about it. She's a famous Greek heroine. So, oh, wait, can we taste this beer first? Oh, I want yeah, to yeah, drink yeah. while you're this, talking. This All right, beer. Ready? Cheers. And I'm back. Yeah, <laughs> that break was what she needed. This is good. I was worried because it was a tart saison. This is the second saison we've had on this, this podcast that yeah, I that you've been okay with. Yeah, okay. So, back to Atalanta, she's a Greek heroine. Um, so at some point, an oracle or the oracle tells her not to get married, quote unquote, it will be her undoing. So she runs away, lives in the wild. At some point, she comes out of the wild to participate in the Caledonian boar hunt, which is like a big deal. Um, she draws first blood with her hunting bow, thus tying her to Artemis, who is also queen of the hunt. Um, and uses a bow, famously, and has dogs, famously. <laughs> I feel like she just made that up. <laughs> no, she's always pictured with a dog. She's, she's often depicted with a dog by her side. Not okay. Atalanta, Artemis. Oh, okay, Artemis, yes. Yeah. Artemis is associated with dogs. Yeah, so that's why I think this is a dog, because dogs are used for hunting. Anyways, um, so... Because she drew first blood, the guy who, like, finishes the boar on that Caledonian boar hunt, like, gives her hide, the hide, or part of the hide, um, as a token of her valor. And because of that, her daddy finds her again and is like, cool, I've got you back. I'm gonna arrange a marriage for you. And she's like, not cool. So how about this? I will marry anyone who can outrun me in a foot race. And the dad's like... That seems legit. I think we can agree to that. Uh, and she's like, one more thing. Anybody who tries to outrun me in a foot race and loses has to die. And the dad's like, yeah, that also seems fine. This is ancient Greece, yeah. and the, the, that all adds up. Well, that's you know, that's an element of fairy tale, too. You know, it's just a classic story element. It adds stakes. And she's like, if enough men die, maybe they'll stop trying to marry exactly, me. Exactly, exactly. So she wins a lot of foot races. A lot of dudes die. And finally, there's this guy. His name's not important because this is the only cool thing he does. 
um, who's like, no, I, I really want to win this chick. And he prays to Aphrodite, and Aphrodite's like, yeah, I'm really tired of this woman being a virgin. I need her to have sex so that she can be devoted to me instead of Artemis, who's like famous for being a virgin. And so she's like, okay, dude, here are three golden apples. Use them to distract her while you're running the race, and then you'll win the race and you can marry her. And that is what happens. He takes the three golden apples and strategically throws them out, thus distracting her while she goes to grab them and giving him enough time through the course of that to win the foot race. And they get married, and Wikipedia says they have babies. This the story really doesn't do a lot for Atalanta as a person because it's like she wants to kill all men who are interested in her and she is really good at hunting and raising but she is easily distracted by shiny objects. Yeah. I don't know. The Greeks are the Greeks are weird. <laughs> a lot of weird things going on here. Yeah. But okay, so that's the story. That's why they're naming this after her. And the can, the can says, "In the heroine Atalanta, we see the traits of all we aim for in all of our beers. Become deceptively robust and a bit wild a tart plum saison atalanta tastes of plums intermingling with spicy yeast and a freshness a refreshing tartness that makes atalanta as good for pairing with food as by itself don't look back so well that's a that's the don't look back as a orpheus Oh wait, yeah, that's an Orpheus thing. Yeah, Never mind, because yeah. it's Orpheus brewing, and well, so I, I get what they're going for. I was struck by the poetry of like Atlanta is awesome by herself, doesn't need a man, but like it's cool. She's also got a myth where she ends up with a man, so it's cool that this beer is also like just fine by itself, but is also cool with food. I like the symmetry of that. <laughs> I don't know if that's what they meant. I think it is. I think that's what they were going for. Yeah. I, I think I didn't yeah. put that together until you said it, but I think yeah. you're right. Yeah, you know, have it with some food. Don't. Yeah. Whatever. It's fine. As long as you're happy. Where is Orpheus Brewing? Oh, this is, this is in, right Atlanta. in Atlanta. Dutch Valley Place. Place. Northeast. <laughs> I don't know where that is. Beltline Brewing, LLC. Oh, well, so that must be near the Beltline. Okay. I suspect so. We okay, need I need there. this Brandon Sadler to contact me. I could reach out to him, but I probably won't. Because, all right, so th- we have a bunch of flowers, big white flowers. Those are probably plum flowers. Okay, those could be plum flowers. Is this an ocean? All the grasping vines beneath the bear? You see what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think it's a dog plunging into a stream to continue the hunt oh god with a bunch of plum flowers this is rife him. with falsities <laughs> oh i just well so should we talk a little bit about orpheus i mean since this is called orpheus brewing there's a really famous musical that was very recently a hit called hades town that deals with the myth of orpheus i don't know this story Oh, you don't know the story? I don't know. Of, oh. Well, I mean, I know the story of Orpheus and Eurydice. I don't know Hades Town. Oh, well, Hades Town is a retelling of Orpheus and Eurydice. 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 Eurydice? Um, what did I, you say? Eurydice? 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 I think it's Eurydice. <laughs> I've been saying Eurydice this whole time. Okay. So I introduced Eurydice. That's great. Yeah, that's, that's great. you. That's in, <laughs> that's in your voice. That's yeah. how I spell it correctly in my head. That's fine. Yeah. So yeah, what is Hades Town? What does it do? Um, it. I feel like I've already said this. If we you, can't just, you can't just remake it. It's called Hades Town. Is it in modern day? Is I, it in the twenties? Is it? I don't know. I've never seen it, and I've actually never listened to the music. But 
Our fave, Lindsay Ellis, really likes it. We can't keep it. dropping her name. I feel like we do that I a feel lot. like if we drop it enough, somebody will tell her that we're cool and uh, that she should listen to our podcast. That's what cool people do. Yeah. <laughs> definitely us. Definitely us. That's how that works. Oh, oh my gosh. If somebody were to illustrate this episode, what animal would we be represented by? A bear or a dog? <laughs> Clearly, we would be plum flowers. I oh, mean. okay. Yeah. Two plum flowers <laughs> shouting about bears. <laughs> okay. well, well, we didn't tell the story of Orpheus that this brewing company, company, company? takes its Halt. name. <laughs> takes its name from. So he was like a famous musician. Harpist. Yes. Right. Because, oh, lyrist. It's a lyre. Lyre? Lyrist? Lyrist? Is it liar or leer? I've always said liar. Liar, okay. But it's lyricist. No, lyricist. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Okay. He played this funny harp thing, okay? This, like, really easily portable harp. Not like the weird ones that you see in orchestras now that are, like, really huge. Are they weird, Emily? And unwieldy. (laughs) (laughs) They're so hard to wield. How could you take them to battle? It's impossible. So he falls in love... Um, his wife's really hot, at least to him, you know, they're, they're really in love, but then she dies. I don't remember how she dies. It's probably a trick. It's probably some other god or goddess playing a trick. And he's just like, so upset that he's just like, he's just can't do anything. And the gods are like, that's not cool. You're like a really important lyrist. So... Who will sing our praises if you're not singing? Yeah, so we'll show you the one way that you can sneak into Hades and you can try to convince Hades that uh, he should let her go. And I think it's actually an appeal to Persephone that makes um, them say, okay, but, you know, we can't just let you off scot-free. You've got to trust that she's coming with you. So you guys are going to have to... Walk all the way back to the surface, but you can't look back. If you look back, she's going to die. And they make it, they're like almost out, and he panics. And he looks back, and then has to watch her soul go, you know, in in going back. In true mythic fashion. So are there any other examples of this you can think of besides Lot and his wife? fleeing Sodom and Gomorrah. Except when Lot and his wife are fleeing Sodom and Gomorrah, he looks back and turns his wife into a pillar of salt. Because oh, he I thought back. she looked back. And turns Lot into a pillar of salt? No, she looked back and herself turns into a pillar of salt. Oh, whoa, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. It's not that he looked at her, it's that yeah. she looked back. Yes, well, you're right, seems- you're right. Lot's it- wife Whose name is probably in the Bible. I don't no, know. No, it's not. Is it She's not? She's always called Lot's wife. Oh, well, that's just sad Yeah, now. that's really ridiculous. We need a name for Lot's wife. How about I'm not going to think about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Eurydice. Her name could be Eurydice. <laughs> uh, so that's two examples in two, I mean. Yeah, I can't think of any more. But that, that is a very human thing to be like, wait, are you with me? I mean, I do that in the store yeah. all the time. Well, that's because we have children. Yeah. And that... When you have a three-year-old in motion, you are constantly just afraid that he is somehow lost in the grocery store and in traffic. Yeah. I don't know At the same time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, that's the story of Orpheus. I don't know what happens to him after that. 
He stays sad and then goes away. Oh, I would have just like climbed back and been like, okay, take <laughs> hey, me. I failed. Can I try again? <laughs> no, no, no. Not can I try again. Just like I live here now. I'm not going back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make this sad for everyone. <laughs> if I just refuse to leave, somebody else will step yeah. in. He should just play his liar really badly <laughs> and annoyingly until they finally just give her up. Well, so I thought you were going to ask, is there any other... Um, moment in Greek myth where like someone climbs in to Hades to like go find someone and I was going to say um, I'm pretty sure Psyche does that. Well Perseus does that at least in the, I know Odysseus in, does that. Yes. I don't remember why he does that. Who's he looking for? Um, He's going to speak to someone. Is it his dad? Well, he's no, no. going to speak to someone and then he meets his dad. He talks to Ajax, doesn't he? And isn't it, oh. or is it Agamemnon? It's either Ajax or Agamemnon. What did Ajax who tells do? Him, Why so did the, care about him? Uh, Trojan War soldier. Oh, okay. Um, the, but the line That's from the it is... That's the name of one of my Georgette hair books. Ajax? The Unknown Ajax. Interesting. Apparently it was a compliment in um, Regency England? Probably meant bold and mighty warrior kind yeah, of guy. Something. Yeah, something, yeah. Um... So, but when Odysseus is talking to him, Ajax says, better to be a slave and alive than a king in the underworld. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, kind of bleak. Humans don't like death. Yeah. We, we don't, don't like we going don't like there. Dying. We don't like dying. So, I'm pretty <laughs> well, Psyche sure. Psyche also runs down to the underworld. She's looking for, like, some beauty ointment from Persephone. Shopping was really hard in those days. Well, like, I think it's a test from Aphrodite to be like, why should I tell my son to talk to you again? Why should I trust you with my son? You know, I don't trust my son with anyone. That's why I tricked this into happening. Also, your family thought you were more beautiful than me. That's why this whole thing got started in the first place. Unacceptable. And so she's like, you can prove to me that you care more about my kid than you do about like yourself or your beauty if you can go pick up my beauty cream from Persephone. <laughs> go get my beauty cream from and the store. <laughs> bring it back to me without opening it or using it. And there's some element of that to it. But she goes into Hades and then comes back out. I was trying to remember the story of Perseus going to the underworld. I'm pretty sure he talks to blind Tiresias, the poet. But Is I... he the one that says beware of Greeks bearing gifts? I don't think so, but... Why do I know who blind Tiresias is? Well, he is a famous guy. He just is. But I can't remember any of this. this. I'm positive that's who says beware. Also, blind Tiresias would be a great name for a beer. Or a brewing company or a band. Yeah. Blind Tiresias just in in general is just a great name for something. What kind of beer would that be? Ooh. Blind means that it has to be dark, right? Isn't that sure, kind of natural, guess, yeah, like a dark, a darker beer, follows. or just a like deceptive beer? Like it looks one way, but it tastes another. Yeah, it could be because it's he's a poet so like too. Like a blonde so, yeah. stout. It would also be really so. Like he's a poet that kind of helps tell the future. So it could be something with a very different aftertaste. Yeah, a dark beer with a strange aftertaste. Yeah, I wouldn't drink that though. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that was wonderful. Now, before you give us the dramatic reading, dramatic reading, Eric, tell us what you remember about this poem and why it was written. So I remember writing this for my poetry class at Troy University, taught by James Davis. Name drop. Name drop. And 
I was trying to come up with a reason to write a poem, and I had... I'm sensing um, a theme, a theme that to your college poems. <laughs> I wrote a few of them out of the, you know, like, burning need of my, of my soul. I was always, like, dredging uh, through my soul. I can't find my soul poems. Apparently, yeah. my class poems, I kept track of my soul poems. <laughs> I've either been buried or I probably only wrote three of them when you I was need in to college. Go through yeah. your notebooks. I got it. Yeah, I got, they're probably go. scribbled yeah. somewhere. That's in where I had the to margins. go to find that that poem we did in our last episode. Like yeah. I knew it was there somewhere. I couldn't find it on the computer. Found it in a notebook. Well, so I've been having a fun time remembering the circumstances of writing this. So it's called Tempest, and I wrote it uh, as I was on my way back to my dorm room. And it's one of those times when just the the sky opens up As and happens. it is unreasonably pouring down, and there's nothing anybody can do. It doesn't matter whether or not you're prepared. It doesn't matter if you have your raincoat. Like I saw umbrellas turning inside out. I remember distinctly, like there was a girl who was walking on the sidewalk by me, and she had an umbrella. I didn't have anything. I didn't even have a raincoat. I was useless. I just had, (laughs) thankfully I had a really great backpack that was pretty watertight. So I was just walking along, getting wet. And her umbrella turned inside out right there in front of me. And like part of me really wanted to help. Yeah. But what would I do? Yeah. Cradle her in my arms and like shield her from the rain? What is, I, I couldn't do anything. So we, I just kind of laughed. Your memory and... just sparked two memories in me. Excellent. Go on. Okay. So when I was a freshman, I was in the John Library with, on Auburn's campus. Um, and I didn't know it was going to rain. So I walk out and it's just pouring and I'm like pot committed I've just you know gotta keep going back to my dorm it was a long walk back to my dorm um and there's like nobody else out because it's pouring outside who else would be walking only a stupid freshman (laughs) an unprepared freshman only would be caught in the situation so I'm like halfway back to my dorm like completely soaked and out of nowhere, magically, like what happened in a movie, I'm sure I've seen this in a movie, so, like just an umbrella appeared over me. And the guy holding it was clearly a grad student, very hot, and I was too tongue-tied to say anything but like, Little Emily was just like, I'm dry and there's hotness nearby. What will I do? You were so prepared to be swept away. He'll say something, right? What? He put the umbrella over you and stayed silent? I think he just said pleasantries. Like, it's a wet one out there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it was like, it was supremely ineffective because like we got to the end of that little block, you know, it was like maybe 50 feet. And he was like, I live that way and I was like yeah I'm I'm this way and he's like good luck so I don't think he was that interested in me thank you for the few (laughs) moments of dryness yeah back into it also my uh my lack of talking probably didn't impress him well you know if he'd really liked me he would have walked me back to my dorm even though it was in the opposite direction so he may have gotten freaked out because you were already monogramming your initials with his. And... Stop it! <laughs> that is not true. I don't even know his name. Well, anyways, after that, I went inside and wrote a poem. Then this was back when you could do Facebook notes. Oh, yeah. And I wrote 
some poem about like rain boots or something. Now I'm going to have to go find it for this podcast. On Facebook notes. Yeah. No, I think I deleted all of those a while yeah. ago. Yeah. So the only time that I remember... But you... I published it on Facebook notes and I got pleasant feedback. Excellent. <laughs> the only time I remember sharing an umbrella with a stranger like that was I was... This is when I was in grad school. It was not you. It was not Emily. All right. I yeah, was Eric grad. wasn't the mysterious grad <laughs> I was student. not. That would be great. Great double meet cute there. Although, like, it, it was the right time. But it, it wasn't No, not you. when you were a freshman. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Sophomore. Okay. Um, so this was when I was a grad, uh, a grad student at Auburn, and I was standing at the outside of my neighborhood at the bus stop waiting for the Tiger Transit <laughs> to pick me up. And I had an umbrella because by this time I was in grad school and was very well prepared, prepared for you such weren't. things. Yes. <laughs> Unlike those freshmen. <laughs> um, but there was a girl who lived in my neighborhood who was woefully unprepared, and she was just like shivering like actively shivering and had her mm. arms all closed up in front of her and was like just uh, so Sweetie miserable but like at this point i had seen too much of the world and was like terrified that somehow i was going to get accused of doing something wrong by like getting too close to her so i was like how do i offer her the umbrella while not making her feel like i am trying to come on to her and then instead i am just like a helpful human who sees that she is miserable. You just don't overthink it. So I, yeah, but I, I couldn't not. This overthinking was happening. All right, as you I had like a lot of up. no sexual harassment talks. Yeah, for a bit, for a lot like of TAing. policies, yeah, a lot of policies. Yeah. All right, I like really didn't want to get fired. So, <laughs> so I, I like walk up to her, and all of that, all of that angst about what am I going to do came out in this line: "Don't freak out." <laughs> I would have freaked out. <laughs> Which I think was possibly more terrifying than, would you like to share my umbrella? <laughs> so Don't freak out. Don't freak out. I'm behind yes. you with my beard <laughs> holding an umbrella. I didn't stand behind her. That would be weird. I stood next to her. <laughs> yes, yes. So I was just like behind her, whispering in her ear, don't freak out. Don't freak don't out. Don't freak out. Don't Oh, so, all right. Those are my all umbrella right. stories. Now, Lovely. I think it's time to read this thing. Yeah. And now... <clears throat> a, dramatic a dramatic reading! Dramatic reading! A dramatic reading! Tempest. The darkened evening winds begin, and the air becomes a waterfall, ground barraged by earthbound clouds, the world drowning over water. Swaying trees lick the sky to taste the streams of golden lightning strikes, spreading around a primal sense like when the earth began. Yay! Thank you for your dramatic reading. You're welcome. Okay. So I noticed that a lot of the lines are eight syllables. Yeah, so I was definitely, this was definitely during my four beat phase. Uh-huh. Where I wasn't doing uh, pentameter anymore. I was tetrameter yeah. all the way. So but I was struck the last line is only six syllables. Yes, that one is only three. And the fourth to last is kind of five. Swaying trees lick the sky to taste. Oh, I counted eight. Swaying trees lick the sky to taste. Da, 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 da. All right, you're right. Technically, there's eight syllables, but the beats don't work out. Because you would have to go, swaying trees lick the sky to taste. And it's just... Oh, no, I, that's just five. I just did five. Swaying trees lick the sky to taste. Da, 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 da. If you say so, that's... 
Well, so I was intrigued by that. I was also intrigued by the fact that the fir- the last word of the first line is begin, and the last word of the last line is began. Probably not on purpose, but maybe. Yeah, well, I was like, if this wasn't on purpose, then that's weak writing. <laughs> <laughs> if it was on purpose, what were you trying to say? That's really, like, my biggest overall critique, like... You're writing about a storm. A million and one people have written about a storm, so what are you trying to say? I mean, it's reminding me of a Fall Out Boy song. It just sounds good, but it doesn't say anything. Earthbound clouds, what does that mean? The world drowning over water, and the over water is hyphenated. What does that mean? <laughs> Swaying trees lick the sky to taste the streams of golden lightning strikes. What does that mean? And then suddenly we're talking about scent. Have you ever been in a storm? Yes. Okay. Okay. Good first question. So, so, earthbound clouds. Clouds are up and they are coming down because the rain is falling It's not a down. good word choice. Find so, something else. That's what I mean. I'm not defending it. I'm okay. saying that's what I'm going for. Okay. okay. I remember writing this over water and thinking I was being very clever because yeah, but, but it but uh, no I'm just yeah. I, I, so I was trying to create a kind of pun or idea off of underwater but they're not the earth isn't underwater it's over water that's what I was trying to do yeah sweet boy yeah. okay so the trees lick the sky they're swaying back and forth on the wind I I understand yeah. it's weird it's it's weird licking doesn't have to be weird Trees licking the sky is inherently weird. Then lick the sky and water comes out. Like, how are we supposed to is take this that? Is this a sexy poem? Is this a, is sexy, this a sexy poem? poem? Do I need to make this a sexy poem? You could make. This I could a make sexy this a sexier poem. poem. Yeah, maybe there's something there. Um, well, so my biggest thing is you've got all of these visual images, and then suddenly you're talking about petrichor. Suddenly you're talking about a scent. Yeah. So I was. I was trying to think, you know, between in this storm, there was lightning and lightning to me has always felt very primal, mm-hmm. you know? And so the idea of the earth beginning in a storm of lightning strikes and big winds and being out in a... you thinking of Sweet Home Alabama when you wrote this poem? I had seen it at that point, <laughs> so maybe, but I, you know, being out in a storm like this, like it just feels, it's a, it's a very primal thing where you feel like you're just out in nature so that's kind of what i was trying to tap into at the very end of this must have what this must have been what it felt like this must have been what it smelled like when the earth was so i think you stopped the poem too soon yeah yeah well so i agree and this is what i'm trying to think of as far as rewrites is what point do i want to try to make it's not enough to just describe i have to have a thesis statement. I have the poem has yeah. to try to say something. Well, so it reminds me of kind of the situation we were in with my with the earth, my home. <laughs> you know, like it's really simple, straightforward. Like it's the beginnings of an idea. It's the beginnings of a theme, and you could almost go anywhere with it. I mean, you could talk about global warming. You could talk about I don't know tornadoes and how scary they are. You yeah. could talk, you know. I keep coming back to global warming, but I kind of always come back to global warming. When we're talking about nature, <laughs> that is that is your initial thing. So, and as far as ideas that I could dwell over, I was kind of intrigued by at, in different societies and different time periods how we view storms. 
kind of the mythology that goes on behind that of isn't aphrodite born of a storm that sounds like something yeah but wait isn't aphrodite the one who's born out of the ocean out of like a clamshell yeah but i'm sure that that happened in the middle of a storm (laughs) okay (laughs) just makes sense wait actually i think aphrodite is born out of zeus's severed genitalia it's not zeus it's Kronos. oh excellent yeah, his uh, penis falls into the sea foam. Oh, the sea foam. But I'm sure it was like a storm. There's definitely a storm. I mean, somebody... The thunder god cut off his dad's penis and let it fall into the water. You don't think there was a thunderstorm I going on? I want to see that <laughs> depicted. All right. Maybe that's what I'm going to write this poem about. The great thundering <laughs> schlong of Kronos attacking the earth. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Watch it wasn't Kronos, and I said that like so authoritatively. Oh, that's fine. I believed you. Yeah. The, I'll just call it the birth of Aphrodite, and everybody is going to think it's so highbrow and like mythological <laughs> and just like down at Well, you know, in this day and age, you have to sound misanthropic. Well, I will do my best. Yeah. So, all right. That is one idea that we have <laughs> for movement on this, um, with the other being kind of talking about, all right, well, well, how are we going to view storms in the future? I feel like right now, so where when we are filming right now, it's there was actively this, raining. <laughs> it is actively raining, but I'm thinking about world events that I've heard of. There was, there's this giant heat wave that's going on in Seattle and Portland right oh, now. Oh, yeah. Um, there's several... It seems like everything is just really hot right now, but we are getting Everything's into... Everything's on fire. Yeah. Just all of California Oh, the ocean's burning. on fire. Did you see that? No, but the, I'm not surprised. Yeah, an oil pipeline, like, burst, and now the ocean is burning. It's very, very hellish, if you look at the pictures. It is really... Oh, my really, God, guys. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's really... It's like the mouth of hell, which was... <laughs> Which we were just no discussing. no that's another thing have you yeah. seen that the, that pictures that was from I think a natural gas drilling in like the former Soviet Union where something went wrong it ignited and now there's just this open maw in the earth that is gas constantly burning wow yeah so now we just have I, I the ocean might have stopped burning by the recording of this I'm not sure but you should look it up. I don't think I can handle that. Yeah, you, you probably can't. Yeah. It, it's upsetting. I don't I don't want to have to talk about that in therapy on Tuesday. <laughs> okay. I've got other things. <laughs> I don't need to talk about the literal ocean right now, okay? An ocean of problems. All right, so what else can I talk about? Like, what? where else can I apply words about rain? Well, our child likes to play in the rain. That's true. I wrote a whole children's book about a child playing in the rain. That's also true. I could talk about... So you could about... take this very light and innocent if you wanted. I could talk about how my dad and I, whenever there was strong winds or like there was supposed to be a tornado nearby, we used oh to God. try they to... They are not built to survive. <laughs> they don't run for we, cover. We went outside to go try to find yeah, it. Yeah, they stand on the porch <laughs> and look we for We didn't it. like get in our truck and go oh like tornado chasing, but we did you know, go out on the porch they and just did, see... Like, the poor man's version. The slightly lazier version. We still cleaned out the closet and we're ready to hide. We just Yeah, didn't. if a tornado rips through there, you're not going to have time to run from the porch to your closet. End of, end of, if you're storm warning. <laughs> she almost ended the rant. I was like, no, I'm not done. If your storm warning goes off, go take freaking cover. Tornadoes are real and they're very scary and they should be taken very serious. And those yes. suckers are quick. They do pop And up, weird. But... The, the things they choose to suck out and kill 
are odd. It doesn't always make sense. The pressures inside of a tornado are odd. Yeah. They are still like I can I can understand actually most weather is still very mysterious yeah, to me. Yeah, all weather is yeah, mysterious. Yeah, all, all weather is very mysterious. Just I can understand theoretically the science behind low and high pressure systems and hot air and cold air and why these things happen, but it still doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. It does like it's been explained to me, but it still really doesn't make sense. Same thing with earthquakes and volcanoes and Those actually make more sense to me than tornadoes, to be honest. Snow makes sense to me. I get snow. Yeah, snow yeah. makes sense. And so then, like, a snowstorm makes it. It's just more yeah. snow. It's yeah. just the lightning and the thunder and the tornadoes. Yeah. wacky. Lightning and thunder are also really <clears throat> weird. Because yeah. we got stuff rubbing together all the time, and it doesn't do that. Yeah. Well, and it's just weird because clouds, like, aren't solid. Yeah. And yet they're somehow rubbing together. Yeah, so it's just yeah. water vapor. But if water vapor rubs together hard enough, it causes static electricity. It's weird. It's very strange. Yeah. Also, why is it rubbing together that hard? <laughs> why, clouds? What are you doing up there? Why is it so windy? Is there anything else that you would like to say about this? Any um, other ideas? For what I can do. Well, so I did want to point out the title. So, like, The Tempest is a very famous Shakespeare play. So you have that kind of working against you with this poem. So I would title carefully whatever you rewrite. Whenever I completely change what this poem is about, inevitably the title will change too. Okay. And it's got... Potential. It is one of those things where I'm like, you should have kept writing, and then... This was just the stepping stone, and I didn't actually make it all the way up. Yeah. So I'll I'll use this. I'll try to take some of the words. I'll try to take some of the ideas, and then apply it to something else. And I haven't quite decided what I'm going to apply it to yet, but hopefully... I think you have lots of things to say, and I think there are lots of things that storms can be a metaphor if i can write a six page poem based off of your poem from last time yeah. then can i can do, do this. this yeah yeah and it doesn't have to be very long well and storms uh, are fun to write about that's true play with. maybe i'll go play in the rain and then that'll give me inspiration uh-huh. and i'll call it playing in the rain sure. my inspiration does that mean you'll be home tomorrow no it's raining right now i can do this right now <laughs> all right i'd love to keep talking but my glass is empty and my brain is full thank you for sharing your rough draft today and i look forward to hearing it again on open mic night dear listener if you have any edits thoughts or suggestions on this rough draft you can find us on instagram as diamonds in the rough draft or by email at diamondroughdraftpod at gmail.com we now have a twitter too which is the same thing uh diamond rough draft pod we have tweeted yes we twote we have twiddled <laughs> I liked twote best. Yeah, twote. Okay. If you or someone in your life is interested in having a draft on this podcast or joining as a guest, please reach out. If you happen to be Neil Gaiman or Gail Carriger, please reach out quickly. If you. Mm. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode of Diamonds in the Rough Draft. This is Emily Anderson. And this is Eric Anderson. Have a great time and don't edit under the influence. All works read on the Diamonds in the Rough Draft podcast are original works and are not to be reproduced or distributed in any form without the express written permission of the author. All works of fiction on this podcast are products of the author's imaginations. And any resemblance to actual events, places, or persons living or dead is entirely coincidental.